0: Welcome, everyone. We are so excited to have you here. And returning with us is Patricia Rosatello, and she is going to give us an update on something vitally important to your business. And it's one of those things that, as business owners, oftentimes we don't really think about it. We like, okay, all right, I just need somebody to do this for me, and I get. But you don't realize. That in just having somebody do something for you that more often than not, uh, you're overlooking some really vital information that you need. And so Patricia's here to help us. And our topic is asset protection and legal structures. And so clearly... What we're going to get at right now is, you know, you would pro- probably think, well, I just need to talk to my accountant about that, Randall. And I just need to talk to my, my attorney about that. And it's like, well, which accountant? Because there's like, y- you know, eight, nine different specialties. And it's like, well, which attorney? There's like 15, 20, 30 different specialties. And oh, by the way, you know, you might not want to talk to your orthodontist about your appendix. So you might not <laughs> want to talk about, you might not want to talk. Uh, to your transaction attorney or your family attorney about your transaction of corporate structures or your estates. So with that, Patricia, welcome back.
1: It's, it's wonderful to be back. I'm happy to be here. Thank you so much.
0: Well, hey, without further ado, what do you have for us today? I'm, I'm, I'm turning it over to you. Let, let us know what you got.
1: Well, I have a presentation with And we're going to cover uh, a bunch of myths about uh, business legal entities, and we're going to look at how to know what you need. And we're going to give you some action items, some action steps that you can take.
0: Action steps. I love it. I love it. I love it. Something I can implement, something I can do. it reminds me of this joke a buddy of mine say he said there was a couple of buzzards on the fence and uh one looks to the other and says um look i'm tired of waiting i'm ready to go kill something <laughs> <laughs> so, so as business owners you know it's not that business owners are buzzards but like every now and then like i gotta go do something
1: <laughs> yeah we like to go and do stuff and It's hard to know how much we need to know before we go and do a thing sometimes, you know, and we often turn to what I call um, the peanut gallery, social media, and ask for advice there. And sometimes you can get good advice and sometimes you get really sketchy advice and it can be hard to know what the difference between those two are.
0: (laughs) I don't really trust social media for much advice.
1: Yeah, yeah. So because I'm usually
0: gonna, what happens is after about uh, three, four, five months, I realize it was wrong. And it's like, oh, my goodness. Good, good thing I didn't act on it.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm going to show All you right. some things. And here we go. So your business is the best strategy that you have for tax and asset protection when you use it, right? So here we've got our little guy building a roof. Um, Just a little brief intro about me. So uh, I started importing salt from Pakistan. So yeah, I'm shipping rocks across the ocean and across, you know, two thirds of the United States, regardless of what port I come in at. as far from just about any port as you can get. Um, and I, I very quickly realized that I had no idea what I was doing. Um, so I got advisors as fast as I could. Uh, and my first advisors helped me learn tons about marketing and selling. As a business is a lot more than just marketing and sales. Uh, my big turning point then is likely what your turning point will be. I brought on an, a, another advisor. <laughs> Uh, who I learned um, extensively about legal structures, how they deeply impact the direction that your business can take, what you can achieve with that foundation, and how that in turn affects your quality of life. Uh, So unlike many small and, you know, not so small businesses that permanently closed during both the Great Recession and the pandemic. Pandemic, right. I was I was fortunate to not be highly leveraged you know so I didn't lose my home I didn't lose my vehicle I you know didn't my family didn't pack up and leave but far too many people did get in that situation and so much of that could have been prevented if they'd had their business legal structure set up in such a way that it protected their assets so instead
0: It's funny you mentioned that. I I saw a report uh, from a couple of the advocacy groups, uh, Women's Business Enterprise Networking Council, National Minority Supplier Development Council, and a a small business um, administration, Chambers of Commerce, and and precisely what you said, a number of small businesses, the PPP loans didn't survive them, the idle loans didn't actually do the trick for them. Um, their vendors held out as long as they could, but, you know, especially restaurants and other kinds of businesses at some point, you, are just so far behind and you realize that, you know, you may have put up the, um, house as a, as a, um, asset for a loan, or you may have, uh, done a whole host of other things, but you, you just got dug in the hole. So, so far for things that were beyond your control, that it just didn't make sense for you to even try to dig out. And right. so the and, you know, numbers the, of, of companies that just went under that you you know may never return is just astounding. So yeah, yeah you're I spot know. on. It's
1: horrifying. Oh. Yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. well, let's take the restaurant, you know, their vendor can only carry them for so long because they got bills they got to pay. They've got vendors they got to pay. They got to pay their employees, all of this stuff. You know, all that yeah. <laughs> Right, but far too many of these businesses went under, and so much of that could have been prevented if they'd had their structure set up right. So instead, now we've got banks owning you know millions of homes and other assets, um, and you know just a result of the massive recessions we had during COVID.
0: And so, the upcoming one.
1: There's always going to be another one.
0: Yes. There's just always going to be another one. High <laughs> inflation rates
1: right right so today we are going to learn how to protect our assets from this ever happening to us
0: i like that, sure, that the, greatly minimize it umbrella it's sunny. <laughs> <laughs> all
1: right so first we're going to look at well today this is this is me so today i'm the founder and president of dandelion business growth which is a business development services agency. I do specialize in construction contractors, but I and my team can work with just about anybody, including the people who are listening to us right now. Um, I'm a lifelong entrepreneur and a passionate marketer. I'm the author of, I think I've got a dozen books on Amazon right now. The last two of these are works in progress. Um, I'm a podcast host, it's the bottom line that matters, and the Contractors um, Business Tool Belt podcast. Um, I'm a contributor to the Six Figure Coach Magazine, and I'm the Midwest Area Director and the Affiliate Director with Pratt & Fever Management Accountants.
0: Uh, almost like uh, Kevin Hart and James Franco, you're everywhere. <laughs> yeah, something like that.
1: So I've got a question to ask our listeners: Do you ever worry that you're paying more in taxes than you should be? That there's some deduction or some depreciation or something that you're missing?
0: Of course I am. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Do you ever want to pay yourself less from your business so that you can put more back into it? You I see this I a lot. I
0: want to pay myself less, but I most definitely want to put more into the business. <laughs>
1: <laughs> All right. Have you ever wondered if your business could pay for some of your regular expenses?
0: Yeah, that's an ongoing battle with my CPA.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not all CPAs are willing to listen to that. They think it's too aggressive, they're just too conservative, they aren't going to listen to it. If it's done right, it can be done. Legally, yes, and ethically. Do you ever want assurance that your business isn't going to be ruled a hobby business? And maybe you don't quite know quite for sure what that entails. You've seen them, but it's it's not a pretty picture. They end up having a fire sale. Everything gets sold for much less than it's worth. It's just sad all around. Do you wanna protect your assets so that even frivolous lawsuits do not bother you?
0: I'd rather not have lawsuits in general, but definitely I wanna protect my assets.
1: Yeah, yeah. And a a frivolous lawsuit can take you out. It can kill your business, even if you don't even end up going to court. That is true. Because you you end up spending so much time and energy and money on, you know, attorneys and the whole thing. And it just, it, it can destroy businesses. Do you ever want to know how to use your home and your vehicles as assets rather than as liabilities? So we oh, put yeah. a lot of money into our house, we put a lot of money into our car. And, you know, if you're structured, if you've got like, you know, certain pieces of, uh, you know, different entities, you can take, you know, portions of it off. But if you're set up right, you can potentially write off the whole thing. Do you need support in growing your business, but maybe you don't know where to turn? So and do you wonder where to get the answers to all of those questions (laughs) right so we're going to answer some of those questions and then we're going to point you into the direction that you can get some more support.
0: All right, it's exciting.
1: (laughs) So here's our agenda for this conversation we're going to look at some of the myths that people believe about business entities and structuring then we're going to look at the difference between filing and structuring. We're going to look at some of the elements that we use to build a structure, put it together. We're going to look at four critical viewpoints to you know, running and managing and you know, operating your business. We're going to look at the value of strategy. And then we're going to have some next steps for you. All right, so miss. C-Corporation miss. Oh, yeah. righty. here we go. C-Corporations complicated and really it's less complicated than an S corp you have less regulations Um, you have more freedom with how you pay yourself Um, a whole bunch of things it's less complicated than an S corporation for a small business lots of people think it's more sophisticated than they need And it actually brings a required level of protection to your business. They're worried about the double taxation. And I know that back in the day when I was looking at what entity I needed for my business, that was one thing I took into consideration. I didn't want to be double taxed. I mean, who does, right? We already feel like we're being, you know, double, triple, however many times taxed. But the, the double taxation can be minimized if you set things up right. There's lots of complicated record keeping. And again, the S corp has as much record keeping, if not more.
0: Yeah. I'm thinking on that one record keeping is record keeping or good record keeping is good record keeping your structure. probably doesn't matter.
1: (laughs) If some of them are simpler and some of them are a little more complex, but People go into getting, you know, the different entities that they get because they're told that, you know, they don't need this or they don't need that. Or it's too complicated when in reality, the person who's advising them doesn't see the bigger picture. So we're going to show you the, the bigger picture here in a little bit. See, corporations are evil and money grubbing. <laughs> well, you know, the people might be. <laughs> because people can be um but the entity itself isn't
0: that that's a great distinction
1: <laughs> annual reports oh my gosh i'll have to do an annual report yes and you know all structures all entities should be doing annual reports you need to sit down and see you know what it was you did and you know where you are and where you want to go
0: well and you get into private versus public as well
1: Right. There is, there is a bit of different, there's a lot of difference between public and (laughs) private. Yeah. Uh, C corporation is a disadvantaged structure to sell a business from. So somebody, something somebody told me on Facebook and it might be if you were just, you know, in just a C corporation, but if you had an actual structure and not just an entity, then it's a lot more advantaged (laughs) when we use it with when we use it with other structures, we overcome the disadvantages. And the big question that I see people asking entirely far too often is which entity should I pick? What if it's not an either or question?
0: Right. We're that simple.
1: When you ask a question, you end up limiting your focus. And this is the wrong question. The right question is, you know, how should I how should I how should I structure my business? And you want to structure it using multiple entities. All right. We got a lot of mess here. So So here's a big one that I see my LLC will protect my assets in a lawsuit yeah when you use it properly
0: yeah if you have an operating agreement
1: (laughs) right we have to have an operating agreement when we are not the only member in it if you're an only member then it's a disregarded entity and you may as well have just remained a sole proprietor if there are other members are you holding meetings and keeping minutes very important both of those you need to hold meetings you need to keep minutes um as one of my mentors says, if you don't use the business formalities, you are not a business. Do you have a separate bank account for your business? A lot of people kind of overlook that and they just kind of use stuff Co- here and there. Co-mingle
0: and funds. Lots of not co-mingling. Not it's smart. really
1: bad. Right. Are you using the C corporation for the public dealings? Well, if you're using your LLC as your, you know, your front face, then all they have to do is sue that LLC. And if we are using our C corporation for the the public face, the way we set it up, they can sue you. And you you really don't care because they're not going to get anything from you when you set it up. Can you show a profit motive? Not necessarily a profit. That's not the same thing. A profit motive is when you're doing the things to, you know, get you to a profit. Right. But it also means running your business, using the business business. formalities and actually acting as a business. When you act as a business, then you can, you know, engage that support. Do you have a support team to assist in doing all of those? I know most of us as entrepreneurs are really good at the thing that we do. And we're not good at a lot of other things like, I don't know, graphics, um, you know, building our website, um, our accounting, our bookkeeping, a lot of this stuff. So we need a team to help us, especially when it gets into finances, there's so many intricacies, you need somebody who's a specialist.
0: Now now that one doesn't necessarily mean that they all need to be employees, it means that the the business needs to show that um it it is bringing in these activities in support of a profit motive right yes got it love it
1: yes yes and the other thing that it means is that you are holding meetings you are keeping minutes and so when you know you get hold into court or you know the irs comes knocking you can say here see look at these see i'm running it like a business All right, so my friend said that all I need to do is go to the state site and file or all I need to do is go to one of the form sites and file. Well, the reality is, is that's only part of what you need to do.
0: So I, I can't just go on the Internet and get one of those companies that files for me in any state or. Just drive, drive over to Nevada, Delaware, Montana, <laughs> wherever I want to go, and, and this right. is over. Are you, are you trying to say that that's a myth?
1: <laughs> it's, well, you know, you can do it, and they'll, they'll very happily give you an entity, but you're not going to have all the legal documents that you need to actually run that. Um, they don't give you the strategy. They just give you an entity. Gotcha. Um, you know, and neither of these kinds of sites offer any kind of ongoing one-on-one support to ensure that you know you're actually doing all the right things as you keep going on. That you're now using this thing the way you're supposed to. You know, I yeah, mean, it's like this,
0: this comes back to haunt you either with, like you said, the IRS or a lawsuit. So gotcha,
1: right? <laughs> or and are an unforeseen those places event. Gonna... It could be
0: any of the three.
1: <laughs> right, and if you go to you know the state site, and you do something you know it's not complete, and then you get sued, and you lose your business. Do you think that state site is going to come up and you know help you fix it? No, they're not going to help you fix it. They their, don't care their
0: that position as you should have known
1: <laughs> right, you needed to get expertise, you needed to get somebody who knew how to do this right, so when you do it on your own, and even when you get it a lot of times through your accountant or your attorney you're at risk of a disregarded entity. And that means you're personally liable for whatever happens. All right, my my attorney or my accountant said that I need X. And the reality is, the very sad reality is, is that most a lot of times, neither of these don't really know how to strategically set up a complex structure. Or, if they do, they're going to tell you that you're too small to need it because they, they can't charge you you know fifty thousand dollars to do it because you just don't have that kind of money and I think that a small business deserves to have the same kind of protection as a you know a more affluent business.
0: I like where you're going here because um. This is not to say that your attorney and your accountant don't know what they're talking about. This is you as the business owner, uh, when you have a better idea of how it is you should uh, structure, what it is you're looking at, you then have a better ability to understand whom all you need help from, from whom all you need help or from whom all you need support and so your attorney and your accountant may be part of the team of what you 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 need but they may not be the single source because they may not address a whole host of issues and from their perspective they may say well you know kind of like you said they may make a risk decision for you they may say well you're too small so yeah. you either don't need to really think about that or you don't need to think about it right now and that May not be the best advice, depending on strategically what you're trying to accomplish. So I really appreciate you you bringing this one up, Patricia. This is this is really insightful. If I'm going to be the business owner and captain my own ship, then there I, I need to know you, you know who all's on, in my crew and what I need them working for. And not all of them may need to know you, you know what I know.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, right. And the whole whole point of this conversation that we're having here is to show you information that you need to know so that you can talk to your accountant, you can talk to your attorney, and you can find out if they can help you. And if not, you know, we're going to give you and some which resources Which type of to
0: accountants and which type of attorneys? <laughs>
1: right, right. There's there's a multitude. Yes. Yes. Right. Okay. So here we go. Yeah, I was told I was too small to need anything more than an LLC. And the reality is, is you are never too small to need protection. You know, we protect our babies pretty carefully, right? They're small. They don't need protection, right? No, they need more protection, actually. Uh, and seven, well, C corporation is for big corporations only. Well, how you, why do you think we call them a corporation if they didn't have the C corp? The reality is, is that little businesses can and should use it strategically. And in in reality, your your business structure, the strategy that you're using to run your business is the absolutely most critical element of your business. And you're getting this from a marketing person. I love marketing. And it's easy for a marketing person to say, oh, we can fix everything with marketing. (laughs) This is not something you can fix with marketing. So if you have the wrong structure, you are going to limit the number and the kind of investors that you can have. If you have an S corporation, you have to have a certain kinds of people and they have to be individuals. You can't have other entities in it. And of course, then that is going to limit the working capital that you can bring in. Um, it's going to limit the kind of company culture that you have. So I don't remember when this was. So it was during the pandemic, although we're recording it, we're still in the middle of the pandemic. But um, And I remember hearing a news item about the CEO of one of the airlines who said that he was going to fargo most of his salary for the year, next, the, the coming couple of years, and he. And a lot of the other key executives did the same thing now that's fabulous company culture, and that's great leadership and He can only do it if his company his business is certain kinds of you know certain entities. There's entities where you cannot do that
0: and you have to take it and you may donate it. <laughs> But it you has know to show you probably could.
2: <laughs> yeah, it
0: has to show on the books. Yes. Yeah,
1: yeah. You would still have to get paid. You'd have to find some other way to put it back in the company. Um, certainly, the strategy that you use is going to affect your taxes. If you are a single-member LLC, you're going to be taxed as a sole proprietor, which is at your, you know, personal tax rate, whatever that is. Uh, legal issues. If you're set up right, you can make a lot of legal issues just go away, literally. That, of course, is another way of saying asset protection, (laughs) we can protect your assets from those legal issues. of course, I am a marketing person, but when you have more working capital and you're paying less taxes and you don't worry about your asset protection quite so much, you can put more into marketing. When you can put more into marketing and you can pay more to get a better client, you can pay more maybe than you know your, com- your competitor is, so you can get more of the better clients than your competition is. Thank you, Dan Kennedy. <laughs> um, your cash flow is going to be significantly different.
0: Oh, and for Uh, those of you who don't know Dan Kennedy, he is one of the godfathers of uh, marketing and especially contemporary marketing. And he makes a very simple premise. If you're really and truly into making a difference, having a successful business, being able to make an impact, if you have a financial structure that allows you to actually pay more for customer acquisition, which is counterintuitive, you can actually get better quality customer. So when people say we have a blue chip customer base, imagine if your business actually allows you to discriminate, to really and truly have a fantastic customer base that is uh, very loyal, pays you on time, and uh, really and truly helps you to make the impact in the market that you want to make. Mm -hmm. And then that allows you to have um, funds available to um, find other ways to support your, your non-blue chip customers, uh, but in a way that it doesn't erode the value of your company. So Dan Kennedy is a is a big deal and he's got some great wisdom and he has uh, done some amazing things to put a lot of companies on the map.
1: <laughs> yes, he has. Yes, he has, he, indeed he has. All right, so of course then this can, significantly change your profit um, and continuity so when I say continuity I mean uh, how, how you know passing the business on um, your succession plan um, your legacy um, some of us are solopreneurs and our business kind of is what it is and other of us I know are are not you know we've got employees and you know and we want this thing to you know maybe pass on to our kids or maybe we want to sell it and your legal structure can greatly make impact that simple
0: that. or make it not so simple
1: <laughs> yes yes all right and then that leads us right into business credit
0: yeah this is a a, a great topic on um business credit you you and I were talking about this uh earlier as we're preparing for this and I think one of the things that was astounding to me as you get into it is the issue of uh whether or not you personally are standing behind the, the the business and it's like okay what has to happen you know in order for the business to have credit on its own or If you understand business credit, can you start from day one establishing business credit so that you don't personally have to stand behind the business? You know, you don't have to use your, I mean, you know, if you decide you want to take personal money to fund the business, to capitalize the business, that's different. Um, Even if you decide you want to uh, extend a personal loan to the business to give you working capital. That's different than you pledging, that, that's different than you setting up a business where you are pledging your personal assets uh, to the business. And so when you start setting up business credit, uh, you're saying the business, you know, kind of like the big boy stands on its own. You, you, you know, the the CEO of American Express does not stand behind uh, a, 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 a $500 million you, you, new new capital building that American Express wants to build or of General right. Motors or Ford. It's like, no, you can go check the actual credit for the business, you know, what they call their Paydex score, as you can see on the screen here. And uh, there are ways that you can actually report certain types of payments, uh, certain types of business credit to Paydex, in uh, & Bradstreet and others so that the business actually does standalone credit. Uh, it does uh, standalone financing. And so um, you, you start looking at things like trade accounts, you, you, you know, CDW, uh, you get a trade account with them. Amazon Business, you get a trade account with them. Uh, there's a number of people with whom you can get a trade account. Or uh, you get to a point, especially for some of the folks in real estate investing, where there's different things you can do to actually get a trade account uh, and start showing business credit, so that when you go to the bank and say, you know, I want to buy some commercial property or I want to buy um, uh, property for for investment purposes through the company, you're not standing behind that. the The property serves as an asset. You've got business credit to show a payment history. This is where the Paydex comes in, and this is when. You, you, know, you really and truly are separating yourself from uh, a subchapter S or a doing business as uh, into an actual um, legitimate for-profit business with its own balance sheet, its own credit references. And, you know, we talked about earlier um, separating yourself as the individual from the business it's like here you go business credit i mean from day one this this probably needs to be a focus <laughs>
1: yeah absolutely <laughs> all right so i know that you've noticed that there's a construction theme through all of this uh, like i said my primary co- clients are uh, contractors but
0: we're always building this all, relates- all of us- All of us are always building, Patricia.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Right. And having having a plan like you see all of this being built on, you have to have the right plan in order to create the business that you want. And if we, you know, shortchange the plan or we try to DIY critical elements, it's not going to be a good plan and you're going to have to come back later and rip everything out. reorganize and it's going to take a lot more time and it's going to take a lot more money to do that than if you do it correctly from the beginning. So with that in mind, there's a big difference between filing and structuring. Filing is actually a part of structuring. But so many people think that all they have to do is and you know, file with the state. And and we say that doing just doing that is like building a roof.
0: Oh well, once again, I can't just go online and go to one of those uh, those companies and say which state do I want to file in, and then they send me my papers and I'm done. It's it's you're trying to tell me it's not that simple, Patricia. Is that is that your point here? <laughs>
1: sadly, it's really not that simple. I mean, actually, sadly, it is that simple. And so everybody's going, doing it,
0: but actually it is that simple, but you're going to be exposed. So it's, it's not the whole exposed. story.
1: <laughs> right, okay. Right. So we like to say that when you file with the state, when you do it yourself, you're building a roof. You haven't built any walls. You haven't built any foundation under this. We've just got a roof sitting out in the middle of our field. So when we file with the state, yes, the state recognizes your business and that's important. And you get a certificate of organization, which is important. And then you have to go and apply for your EIN. And at this stage, you still don't have any protection because there's a bunch of documents that you haven't filed, and you haven't put together. And so when push comes to shove, a little shoved, sadly. When we structure, and this is strategic now, when we, st- when we do this, we're actually building the complete building. We've got a roof, yes, but we also have a foundation. We've got walls and we've got windows and we've got some doors. And it's something that you can actually really do something with. So we start out with engineering what you need. So we start with a consultation and we you know, look at what your plans are and what you're doing now. And, you know, and this this can always change if. If your situation changes, but we start with what you're what you know that you're doing, and again, because we're part of the process is filing with the state, yes, then the state will recognize your business and you'll get that certificate of organization, but we also establish your operating agreement, which not only tells the state how you're going to be operating but it tells your other Partners and members and anybody else that's actually you know involved in the business, how you're operating so now they understand how what to expect and you know what behavior you expect from them and what behavior to expect from you and this is actually a very important legal document. you don't get it over here. Um, this document in conjunction with some other things that we'll look at here in a moment is one of those things that actually protects your assets so the other another thing that we do is we help you hold your initial meeting, and a meeting has to be between you know multiple people, not just yourself. <laughs> <laughs> I know we all like to joke that if you see me walking down the street and i 'm talking to myself don't interrupt i 'm in a meeting. <laughs> But you have to have a meeting between multiple people, you need to have those minutes and keep all of that recorded. Because then when you, you know, end up in front of a judge or in front of the IRS, and they can say, well, are you a real business? You pull out your operating agreement and you pull out your minutes and you can say, yes, I am a real business. You can't touch me it gives you a lot more protection. It makes it much, much more difficult for them to pierce the corporate veil, as we call it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Your EIN.
0: This is interesting, Patricia, that, um, you know, understanding that there's quite a bit more than just filing the whole concept of structuring. And then, like you said, strategically, what does that mean? I mean, I can see right here clearly that if I just went and got a C Corp, just got an LLC, just got a limited partnership, just got a DBA, that I've only scratched the surface of what's really required. And there's a deeper conversation to be had around, well, what exactly is it am I trying to accomplish? You, you know, what, 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 what tax structure am I trying to um, uh, achieve? What type of asset protection does make sense? So I, I love this. This 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 distinction between structuring versus just filing I mean filing is a part of structuring.
1: yeah yeah and and, and a lot of people, including our professional advisors, who should know better. <laughs> often don't know this.
0: Um, or, or like structure- you said, or like you said they they just have gotten to a point where they'll tell you, you you know, you don't need all of this, but it's like, you know, this, this should be your decision as to whether or not it's something you need, you need to be aware of it. (laughs)
1: Right, right, right. Uh, So here we also, you you have your EIN, it comes with the structuring, Um, and what the EIN does is it it tells the uh, federal government that you're in business. And then, as I have said a couple times already, acting as a business activates protection. So acting as a business includes this operating agreement. It, show, it, it includes having meetings and keeping minutes. Now you're actually acting as a business. And that gives you protection. It gives you tax protection. It gives you asset protection. And then most of us, because we're so focused on the thing that we do, we need ongoing support, not just to get compliant, but to stay compliant. The rules change all the time, like, you know, every year the tax code changes. Everybody who is a tax pro goes to tax class for, you know, days and days to learn all of the new changes. I don't know how they figure out what is now no longer in use. But I'm, I'm not a tax geek, so I don't know, <laughs> you know, and things get, you know, go to court and get turned down over and, you know, new, new laws come into to being and so we need to know what those things are. So we need a few tax geeks in our circle <laughs> to tell us what to do. We need that ongoing support. Not the right thing okay that is my last one there okay all right so you know and between all of these concepts there's there's a common foundation the common foundation is cash flow it's the money that comes into your business and how does it flow through your business well here's a here's a comparison and now these are just numbers Everybody's numbers are probably going to be a lot different than these. This is just for a comparison. But here's how you get paid as a W-2 employee, right? You get that paycheck. Yay, I made five grand this month. Or whatever pay period, right? 5,000. And then they take out taxes. And then they take out FICA. And then they take out some other things, right? And you come home and you've got, you know, $3,000. Where did it all go? can't begin to tell you how many posts I see on, hang on, on Reddit, on Reddit, and, and the person will say, I'm new to the states, and is this right? And they took out all this stuff. <laughs> Sorry, honey. Yes, that's right. <laughs> then you take this total pay, and you try to pay your expenses. You pay your mortgage, and your, you know, your car payment, and your, your, your utilities, and you got to get food, and all of this other stuff. Yeah, it doesn't go very far, does it? So as a business, yeah, yeah, right. So let's say that our business revenue is the same as our paycheck over here. Business can pay its expenses before it pays taxes. So the business pays its expenses and maybe it's got $3,000 in expenses. And then your owner's draw, can, you know, you can take some out. And now you're going to pay taxes on the draw which means that we're paying, you know, 600 bucks in taxes instead of 15. Now a business can own, you know, vehicles and real estate, and it can pay for maintenance and payments and repairs and all of those good things on those things. There's a lot of things that it can pay. and,
0: And all of those are expenses of the business.
1: Right. And if you set it up, right, you know, you can live in the house that your business owns, and it'll pay the mortgage and the insurance and the maintenance and the repairs and a lot of things. So that makes your money go a lot farther. Alrighty, so that's filing versus structuring. Now we're gonna look at our elements. So, really, this is our entities. Okay, so we've got a bunch of different entities. These are ones that we typically use with our clients. C corporation is our classic corporation has been around for quite a while. Um, it's infamous for its double taxation. So that means that your corporation makes money and it pays its expenses and then it has a profit left over. It pays taxes on that profit. Then you disperse that in the form of a dividend to your stockholders. They get taxed. However, There are many, many, many deductions and benefits that you can take that you can only get from a corporation. We kind of like that, so we're going to stick a pin in this
0: one. All righty.
1: An S corporation is actually not its own entity. It's usually either an LLC or a C corporation that has filed for the small business tax designation. Uh, you are required to pay yourself a W-2. There are many, many limitations on it, um, including who can be you know, a stock owner um, and a whole lot of other things that we tend to not like because yes, it's better than being a sole proprietor, but there's even, more tax advantages that we can find if we do things differently. So we don't use the S Corporation most of the time. The Limited Liability Company, which is a company, not a corporation, don't feel bad because I made that mistake for years myself. Um, it offers pass through taxation just like your S Corp does. Um, you want to have it multi member. So, one, you're going to hold meetings, and two, it's going to give you much better tax advantages. You're going to have your EIN, you're going to have your operating agreement. So, it's very useful. So, we're going to stick a pin in that. Sole proprietor, as most people probably know, it doesn't have many protections. Uh, You're going to be taxed at your personal rate, whatever that is. So, that's going to be higher. And there is no asset protection. If you're a sole proprietor and you get sued or you get called into IRS, they can take a lien on your home, vehicles, whatever, and you can just be out. Now, the family trust is not actually a business entity. It's an estate planning tool, and we like to use it. We like to use typically a revocable one uh, along with a pour-over will to make probate infinitely easier. Um, We use it as the, and and I'll show you this later too, we use it as the sole stockholder of your C corporation, we use it as a small partner in your uh, limited liability company. And what happens there is then if something happens, you know, you've got With your C corporation, you've got an arm's length. You're not a stockholder. But you're controlling the trust. And with the limited liability company, if you're, you know, let's say you have a business partner in there and they decide to get hostile, you're still controlling it, even though you don't maybe have personally, you don't have a larger portion of the membership than than they do. But because you own the Because you're controlling the trust, then you can control the business. And when it comes to probate, what happens is, if there is no living owner to guide it, then the business gets dissected and sold off and then the cash benefits, resulting cash can go to your beneficiaries which, and it, you know, it, it makes it more complicated and it takes a lot longer. Even symbol estates can take quite a while, so it just makes it a lot simpler. So we like that. We're going to stick a pin in that. And then Moving on to four critical viewpoints.
0: All right, this is great. Uh, we got a few minutes remaining, so <laughs>
1: Yeah, we do. So let's skip really quickly through this. Um, what quite often happens, well, first off, you need to have these people helping you run your business. You need the CPA, you need you know, to know what your numbers are, you need your attorney, um, an estate planner, and you need to know how to manage the company. And what happens far too often is people go and they a la carte this. And then they ask these people questions, they get advice, but it ends up being conflicting. So we've taken there's our a la carte. We've taken, we've put these people all in one room. And we, we, so now they're operating from a common viewpoint. So they're not going to give you conflicting advice. Um, we have tons of professionals in our, in our circle, um, all of these and a few more. Um, so whenever you need something, you just, you know, you talk to the person that you know and we'll give you a referral. Alrighty. Value of strategy. So,
2: this is. Pratt and Lefevre's own nothing, control everything strategy is vital to entrepreneurs and small businesses who work with the public and want to increase their liability protection and available tax benefits. The first layer in this protective strategy is a corporation, which will have one shareholder, the trust, three board members, of which the client is chairman and three officers, a CEO, President, and Secretary. The trust I mentioned is going to be either revocable or irrevocable. Revocable is often referred to as living and is more flexible, where an irrevocable is less flexible but offers more protection in the case of a lawsuit. In conjunction with the trust, we advise a pour over will which allows ownership to transfer uninterrupted in the unfortunate case of a client's death. Pratt & Lefevre Corporation designed this strategy to ensure our client's business and legacy are structured to remain intact for future generations. This trust is the only shareholder of the corporation and is also one of the members of the LLC. The LLC is the suggested second layer in the own Nothing Control Everything strategy. Establishing a multi-member LLC is critical to ensuring that the entity is not considered disregarded or an alter ego by the IRS. Our recommendation is three members, the trust, the client who will be the LLC's general manager or president, and their spouse or trusted partner who will serve as secretary. This will make up the two to three officers of the LLC. We do adamantly suggest three officers for both the corporation and the LLC to reduce the risk of impasse when it comes time to vote. The LLC exists only to hold assets and rent them to the corporation. To say it another way, the corporation rents all of its assets from the LLC. An easy third layer can be added for increased tax manoeuvrability and furthered arms length protection in the form of a DBA or ABN. And, at the core, of course, is the client or individual. So, to break it down, we recommend a corporation for your publicly visible protective layer, an LLC which is invisible to the public and contracts only with the corporation, an easy third layer that offers even more maneuverability and protection, and the trust, a layer for arm's length control, a tool to ease the transfer of ownership should the need arise, and an integral component in eliminating the pain of probate. You can learn more about this specific aspect as well as the other individual layers, our team, and a deeper look into the strategy by clicking the link we've provided below. This concludes the mapping for our typical organizational structuring recommendation. However, a personalized mapping with one of our knowledgeable account executives may have varying results of what is suggested based on your current condition, future goals, and what you need to achieve them. Structuring is highly important, and in the case of layering, your structures must work in harmony through strategic cash flow. Remember, if there are no asset transfers, there is no strategy. I want to emphasize that because the asset transfers are the key that unlocks the strategy we're talking about today. This is how it works. The client or individual has assets, such as home and office furnishings, computers, electronics and related items, tools, equipment and related items, automobiles, and homes or properties. Our trained team of legal processors take all of these assets and transfer them from the individual to the LLC. This asset transfer may include management contracts between the client and LLC, marketing and management contracts between the LLC and corporation, auto and equipment rental agreements between the corporation and LLC, bills of sale for all assets, property rental agreements, HUD settlement statements, installment land contracts, wraparound contracts to carry loan obligations, and the funding of the corporation, LLC, and trust. Once the asset transfer is complete, the cash flows from the public to the corporation, which pays and deducts as business expenses, any acquired overhead, including contracted fees to the LLC, as well as the client's once personal expenses, like rent or mortgage payments, utilities, vehicle maintenance or repair, gasoline, auto purchase interest, and even credit card interest. Using these contracts, we guide the cash flow from the corporation to the LLC, which eliminates dividends and with them the concern of double taxation. The LLC then pays and deducts, property tax, auto tax and registration, and any overhead accrued by servicing the corporation. Even more can be deducted in the form of asset depreciation. Once the LLC has paid its expenses, the cash flows either to the easy third layer for management service provided to the LLC and then to the individual or client who owns the DBA or it can flow directly from the LLC to the individual. Thank you for taking the time to watch this video today. Please comment below. So that's
1: Very nice. Very nice. I love it. My associate has quite the knack for simplifying things. (laughs) It's a good skill to have. So, and then, we wanted to look at some briefly some b2b legal structure considerations in people are b2b um, so this is our, our C corporation up here, this is our LLC, this is our trust. Uh, we've got contracts bef- contracts there and, and cash flow there, um, the trust owns most of the C corp and has some membership holding in the LLC, so this is what we call our log cabin. just the basic structure. So let's see what I got here. I just did this today and I don't know what I have. Right. So let's say we have a partner that we bring in or we have some joint venture that we're putting together. So we start out with our, our basic log cabin and we might, you know, maybe we might decide that it's beneficial to put our personal assets into, you know, even a separate LLC. So then we've got another LLC that we're partners with, with our partner over here on the, on the right. We might put him in an LLC too. You know, he might have an LLC already. So then we, I'm missing something. There we go. <laughs> too many euros. <laughs> you know, but, but the basic structure is still there. So you know, just it all depends on.
0: Uh. Got it. So that way you've protected yourself individually. You protect the assets of the company, and depending on the operating agreement, you can still go to market either independently uh, with your protections in place. Yeah. So that um, you actually can control how much risk you're 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 exposing yourself to in that relationship. Uh, or like you said, if you create a third entity, you've minimized the risk of the performance of that entity against what you've already built. That's clever. Right.
1: Right, and this is actually a good structure for when you're going to potentially sell the company.
0: Because you can unplug it. The assets relative to that relationship are in that entity.
1: And then we wanted to—I wanted to look at the real estate structure considerations just briefly too. So here again, we have our uh, our log cabin, right? And then down here, you know, we've got all these different properties. Oops, sorry, Debbie. Um, and some states allow these LLCs that we have down here to be in a, a series LLC. Not all of them. Not all the states yet. And the difference between that is, is if it's a series LLC, you only have to do one filing um, when it comes to your tax time, which that's going to save you you a chunk. Otherwise, you would have to file individually for each of these. You know,
0: so so tax savings would probably be enough. Tax wise, it's it's rather simple. That's 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 a nice benefit.
1: Right, right. So let's say somebody, you know, slips and falls on, you know, this gee I did it again. Sorry, Debbie. Um, you know, on, on, on one of your one of these properties. And so they sue the property, right? The property owner, which is this LLC. But we don't have any of these other ones actually attached to it. So you've got a lot it. more protection there. All right. So now we're gonna look at Debbie. <laughs> this is Debbie Faw. Uh, she and her husband were running a you know, small business and he was working as a fire pilot. He actually still works as a fire pilot. Um, and in 2019, they went to get the return done and they had it drawn up and they were gonna pay about $4,500 in taxes Uh, They did the restructuring, and they saved over $3,000 on their tax bill, which more than paid for their structuring. Um, And then in 2020, their taxes were only $258. Granted, it's a micro business, and I know your businesses are uh, a little bit different.
0: Which means the impact should be uh, more significant.
1: (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. And as I get some case studies... On that, I will I will send them along.
0: Fantastic! And here
1: we have Tony Denzing. Just the
0: numbers change; the concept is the same.
1: <laughs> right, right. So Tony Denzing had inherited a hula dance studio in the San Francisco Bay Area. She so was running it as a sole proprietor. She was also doing a few other things. I think she had some real estate, and I know she's selling insurance. Um, but she'd been paying about ten thousand dollars a year in taxes as a sole proprietor. She finally decided it was ha-ha, too taxing <laughs> and um, her CPA upgraded her to an S Corp, which again, you know, that's, it's a good step. Um, and so instead of paying 10K, she got $1,000 back. She was absolutely ecstatic.
0: I bet she was. Absolutely. <laughs>
1: and, oh, that's an $11,000 improvement. Hello. She structured her business and then her next return was $20,000 wow and she she came on um she's an associate of ours as well so she came on one of the calls and she was like I got my taxes back yesterday I had to I wiped my glasses three times I couldn't believe it and then I called Marvin and he walked her through it and he showed her how everything worked and I guess you know I mean you go from paying 10,000 to getting 20 back oh my gosh you know? yeah that's noticeable it's A little nerve-wracking
0: that's very noticeable
1: Yes, yes. So that's what happens when you have a business and you do some of these. So, you know, we're in business, not just because we, you know, like to spend time at the office. <laughs> Am I right? Uh, most of us have families that we want to spend time with. Um, we want to, you know, build a legacy that we can pass on, whether that means for our family or, you know, selling it to somebody else that will take it and do some fun things with it, but we want to create a legacy. Um, and a lot of us want to make this world a better place. Yeah, we do. And, uh, you know, getting your structure right so that you don't have to worry about the taxes, um, you know, and it, it gives you freedom and it sets you up to be able to send, you know, pass things along more easily. That's really important. So, our next step is to you know continue the conversation. What questions do people have? Um, what questions do you have? And um, here's the URL to um, a conversation that you can have with me and my experts, and we'll answer your questions. Um,
0: And that's pretty much it. Patricia, this has been wildly informative. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for everyone. Thank you for benefit. having me on I'm, again. I, I, I'm going to uh, put this link in the uh, notes uh, because you'll most definitely want to reach out to Patricia and her team and um Make sure you have the strategy call, get the information you need, get this set up. My goodness, if you can, you know, in a nutshell, if you can come up with a structure that protects your assets so that uh, in the event you unfortunately get sued, you're you're not, um, you can control what you're putting at risk. If you can set up a structure where you don't necessarily even have to put up your own uh, personal assets in order to get it going because you've established a good business credit if you can set up a structure that allows you to take advantage of everything the tax code um, uh, offers and oh by the way you know i i want you to feel comfortable that when patricia was talking about using the tax code the only thing that you're doing is converting a personal expense to a business expense. Why that is significant in the tax code is because we have a consumption-based tax code. And if you are using your business uh, for the purpose of driving more business, you're creating um, more taxable revenue in the economy and the IRS encourages that. So it isn't that you aren't paying your fair share. It isn't that you are doing you know quote unquote what the rich people do or any of that kind of stuff it is you are looking at the tax code in the way it was meant to be looked at and positioning your expenditures to support it that's all yes. we're talking about here so this this is fantastic for you as a business owner because it's what's it's one of those things is making you a savvy ceo and oh, by the way, the Fortune 1000 and all the rest of them—they hire people to do just this. So they do. You're, you're being they spend a lot of money to, to do this. Yeah, you're being brought in on the secret. All right, yeah. and yeah. you're giving yourself a competitive advantage because if your competitors aren't doing this, then they have a higher cost structure than you. So you're now effectively allowing yourself to compete. All right,
1: much more effectively. Yes.
0: So you definitely want to have this conversation sooner than later. This can affect your go-to-market strategy almost instantaneously because of uh, what you can actually do to your bottom line and your cash flow and your business credit and your overall wherewithal um, and, and have such a huge impact. So. Uh, you're going to want to make sure that you definitely have the conversation with Patricia and her team and get going ASAP. (laughs) So with that,
1: because this is a business expense, it's also a
0: deduction. (laughs) It's, it's as Patricia said, it's a, because it's a business expense, it's a business expense. (laughs) So everyone, thanks for tuning in. We will see you on our next episode. Patricia, thank you. I appreciate you coming back and returning. We may have to have you again.
1: <laughs> I would be overjoyed to come back again. Yes. All
0: right. I'll everyone. have something new
1: for them next time.
0: <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. All right, everyone. We will uh, see you on the next one. And bye for now. This is Randall Dobbins signing off.